This is the Everyday Dietitians Podcast. I'm Hope Brandt. And I'm April Roby. We're two RDs here to offer down-to-earth advice to help you develop sustainable habits, decipher wellness trends, and design an aligned life. Welcome to the show. And we're back. We're back on the Everyday Dietitians Podcast. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, we fought a war to get this on today. Our $30... Walmart mics <laughs> did not almost pull through. Oh my gosh. But guess what? We restarted my laptop and we solved all the world's problems. We're technological geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> Just Yo. call us. We have a new career in IT. So if you need us <laughs> for IT services, please click the link <laughs> in the bio. Anyways. Oh, so... This episode is going to be all about our personal eating journeys, kind of the struggles that we experienced leading up to achieving what we both view to be pretty healthful relationships with food and nutrition. So before we kind of jump into that, April, let's do our our icebreaker question. But um, so our icebreaker question this week is, what is your least favorite food? Bologna. Bo- <laughs> I, think, I think that means bologna for those who don't speak April. Yes, I really hate bologna. Never liked it. I'm barely depressing when that would be the only thing my dad brought home for lunch. Can't stand the texture, can't stand the taste. Can't stand anything. It's not even like a health perspective because who knows what's in it? No one knows what's a bologna. <laughs> is it beef? Is it chicken? Is it chicken foot? We don't know. You I just know, don't like it. I always thought it was pork. I But I really, truly don't know what's in it. I feel as though we need to Google it I will now. Google that. Bologna. What? Well, and you know what? I think bo- that I could even get down with like a, like a hot bologna and mustard sandwich. Is that odd? <laughs> Bologna sausage, also bologna, <laughs> is a sausage dried from ground pork sausage containing cubes of pork fat. Wow. I but am, it can be any meat. I am nutrition knowledge. You are. I am a genius. Bologna Anyways, pork. back to that. If you like bologna, what's wrong with you? <laughs> cut, cut it out. You're only pretending. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Hope, what is your least favorite food? My least favorite food, and honestly, I think this is the only food that I just truly do not like, is eggplant. Doesn't matter how you cook it. And have you tried it? Fried? Okay. 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 (laughs) Fried eggplant does not count. Does not count because literally a deep fried shoe is tasty. You know, it's got the crust. I think the fried eggplant counts because that's all I've ever eaten. When it comes to eggplant with fried <laughs> zucchini and fried squash, you throw the fried eggplant. See? I will say, I bet fried bologna is disgusting, too. <laughs> so I would say you like eggplant. I do not like eggplant. It's soggy. It's, you know, what? I was going to say it's tasteless, but it's not tasteless. It has a unappealing taste. But honestly, I think it's probably the texture that gets me the most. And I'm really not like a texture snob type of person i like Mm -hmm. lots of odd things but eggplant is just i just can't get behind it yeah so that eggplant is my least favorite food i'm disappointed in that answer but we'll (laughs) we'll move on on. (laughs) okay so 
Yes, we can move on. It's going to get a little deeper here. So I think that the first thing we need to do and the first thing we need to address before we move into this subject matter is kind of defining what we're actually talking about and kind of just giving a disclaimer that this is our personal experience. It is shaped a little bit by the knowledge that we do have now as dietitians, kind of being able to interpret different signals and just kind of getting to the bottom of where these tendencies came from for us as individuals. But just again, as a basic disclaimer, these are our personal experiences that we're talking about. I think another thing that's kind of important to go over first is that disordered eating does not necessarily mean eating disorder. And those things are very different concepts and different by definition. And also like try not to like listening to this, like don't go on a self-diagnosis path. (laughs) Exactly. So disordered eating tendencies can be very common, but an eating disorder is steps beyond that. Those are things that are psychological disorders they are specifically diagnosed. There is a list of criteria that must be met to be diagnosed with an eating disorder. So we don't really want to kind of cross the line into talking about that, but we did just want to just personal experiences in general, like this is what we've struggled with. Mm-hmm. This is how we overcame them. Not saying we're absolutely have perfect relationships with food, but mm-hmm. we've came a long way. And I feel like I'm probably the closest it's ever been to a the most healthy relationship food I've ever been in right now. So, but this is just personal experience, our own personal experiences and just listen and relate or not relate. But mm-hmm. this is just us sharing our journeys and where we are now and kind of how our minds have shifted over time. Yeah. And if you listen to week one, you kind of know that we come from different places as far as where we started with our relationship with food and then areas that we had to work on to kind of reach a more moderate, balanced, helpful mindset with our nutrition. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into this subject matter. And we're going to start kind of just by talking about some of our personal experience. So if you listened to the last episode, you know that me and Hope come from different ends of the spectrum when it comes to approaching our nutrition And what we want to do next is just talk about what we struggled with the most. So we're just going to go over what our main struggle is and then talk a little bit about your perspective and we'll just go from there. So what is the main thing that you struggled with mindset wise? Yeah, I came from a place of viewing nutrition as health. So basically very much a quote-unquote you-are-what-you-eat type mindset. I was very, very much focused on, you know, clean eating. I remember multiple times, I don't know if I posted this on social media specifically, but I know that it was a mindset that I had that, you know, everything you put in your body is either helping, promoting your health or hurting your health. And it was very much dialed into every single little ingredient that was in every single product or recipe that I made. It was very 
very detail-oriented, which I don't think inherently is a bad thing or a bad quality to have, like, as a person or in life. But it got to the point where it was hindering my quality of life outside of nutrition and outside of the kitchen. Because health isn't just nutrition. Like, Mm -hmm. there's other aspects. Like, are you able to go eat dinner without being like anxious about things and having to control the ingredients. So that's health too. Exactly. Well, and I love that. And I think that a lot of times people want to boil their health down to nutrition. Like what are you putting in your body? But that is not the end all be all to health. And that is not the only thing that determines the quality of your health, not to diminish the impact of your nutrition, because what you choose to put in your body definitely can make impacts on your physical health that, you know, I'm not here to But it's not like the one, it's not one thing. It's, again, going back to what we're preaching is like every day, it's like Mm -hmm. one thing is not going to cause you to be unhealthy. If you decide to eat the birthday cake or drink that glass of wine, it's not going to be like you're unhealthy. It's what are you doing most of the time? Are you doing, focusing on quality foods most of the time? Right. But back to your story, What are some things that you specifically struggled with or what are some things that probably made you anxious or why wasn't it healthy? Yes. So it it literally was every single day, every single meal, every single food that I was putting in my body or choosing to buy, like pouring over the label, making sure that it, you know, lived up to this certain set of standards that I had built around my nutrition and there wasn't any wiggle room. I'm thinking of a specific story when we were at our dietetic <laughs> internship. Like that just shows perfectly kind of where we came from. I remember we were going into the store picking out protein bars. <laughs> My goal, oh. of course, was like highest protein, most macro friendly. And uh-huh. hers are ingredients. So she goes for the RX bar and I'm like disgusted by those things. Yes. I cannot stand them. But if you know the RX bar, it really is just simple quote unquote, clean ingredients. Uh-huh. And I went for like this pure protein bar it has like 20 grams of protein. The macros are awesome. It has like a lot of fiber added to it. Like not because it's has oats. It's yeah. like they literally put Asylum husk in it or whatever they put in <laughs> yeah. those bars. So I think to that moment, and that would describe us perfectly yes. on where we approached and where we it. Compar- no, and that's so true. And what's funny now is I have like, you know, a Costco size box of pure protein Uh, protein bars in my pantry now. So not, and like literally one is not better than the other. Like a pure protein bar is not better than an RX bar. But an an RX bar is not better than a pure protein bar. And Just because there's artificial ingredients or just because there's clean ingredients. It's again, all about the big picture. Yes. Well, and I was approaching things from like, you know, this is a better option unequivocally every single time the RX bar is better. And that's not true. It all comes down to the context and what you're looking to prioritize at that time. So I didn't know, I didn't know how to prioritize different things. It was, it was the quality of the ingredients 100% of the time, all the time. No exceptions. No exceptions. And like, literally, if I would go to a wedding or a birthday party or out to eat or whatever. I vividly remember there being times where I would just choose to not partake in what was offered because it wasn't good enough for me to put in my body. 
And that just like kind of makes me sad in retrospect for like, not that I missed out on eating like cake specifically, but just that I missed out or that I allowed that to like diminish my experience of that occasion. So those are just some specific examples that I can recall that really showed that hyper focusing on just one aspect even though it sounds like it sounds good and healthy in theory, like I'm focusing on my food quality and I'm putting only the best things in my body. Could you look back and just wish like at the wedding you went to, like, I wish I did just, you know, just were able to enjoy those drinks without having anxiety yeah. or if I was able to enjoy that cake without having anxiety. It's not even like you're missing out on the exact cake. It's just yeah. like not having to go to that event already thinking about it. Exactly. Well, yeah. And it's, Like, I wish that I could have been able to trust myself to know, you know, that I could have a drink or I could have a piece of cake if I really wanted it. But before you even got there, before you already made your mind up, it was already like, nope, this is not, you know, my body is a temple and it will not be having any artificial sugar. And it's like, truly what you do on occasion does not impact your health as much as I think like fear mongering marketing wants to make it out Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about my view on nutrition, which y'all know I was came from a very calorie focused perspective because I do bodybuilding. Everything I do is because I want to look a certain way. I want to fit the bikini bodybuilding division, which is obviously you can tell is not going to be healthy in general, because all I care about is, okay, for breakfast, what can fit my macros? For lunch, what can fit my macros? Dinner, what can fit my macros? It's just, I'm always thinking about that. And I feel like I'm always pretty much tied to my phone. I would get anxiety if I had to have a random night out. Like, how was I going to navigate that? How would I truly know what the calories in? And I remember having that anxiety too, except for it was, how am I actually going to know what oil they cooked this food with. How am I actually going to know what's in this salad dressing? Like, oh my God, does it have soybean oil in it? Like, (laughs) you know, and just these ridiculous tiny little fears Mm -hmm. that create anxiety around things that like it shouldn't be anxiety producing, but it is when you are caught up in that like very much all or nothing Exactly, mindset. And like, some like specific habits I could remember is I would bring like my own salad dressing, which I'm not saying is inherently bad, but it was just like, I couldn't put aside anything for it. Like I would bring my own salad dressings. I would order just single item foods, just not knowing what the macros would be. And all that comes from the fear of gaining weight too. And which is in fact, just kind of disordered in itself. And you're only making decisions based on that. Because as we know, like, like I could probably be better off. Like I would knew I was better off not staying stage lean. Like I know I needed to gain weight to get back healthy and get back to my healthy body fat, but I was still just afraid of it. So mm-hmm. just making decisions always based on that. And then feeling like a failure. If I see the scale go up, feeling like a failure, if I gave in to my extreme hunger cues, because all I want to do is eat. And like, I was always just scared, like always anxiety, but it was just like all because I was trying to control my weight. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is honestly something that I did not ever struggle with. I don't think I owned a scale for like the five years that we were 
I guess we didn't know each other at the time, that Mm -hmm. I was kind of going through my paleo clean eating phase because I vividly remember like the last time I had been on the scale, it like wrecked my self-confidence. And from that point, I was just like, you know what? I don't need this, which was probably (laughs) a good decision for me at that time. But I think that anything that has that type of like control over you is probably something that you're going to need to address at some point. Exactly. Personally, I know I did, and it's a lot better for me to not have that be a fear point anymore. But I think a lot of that also comes with understanding what actually influences your weight on the scale. And that just has come with a little more experience and knowledge, Mm -hmm. which also helped me kind of move away from that all or nothing like clean eating habit that I was that I was kind of stuck under. Once I gained some more knowledge that gave me a broader perspective, I was able to then kind of couple those points of knowledge, like coming from one end of the spectrum of focusing on total food quality and the, yeah, like where my food was coming from, the ingredients that were in it. Is it whole foods based? Mm -hmm. Is it mostly like fruits, vegetables, products that are, you know, inherently healthy and being able to couple that with the understanding of what actually drives physique and aesthetic changes and coming to the realization that like your physique and your health isn't only influenced by the quality of foods that you eat. It is also influenced by the quantity and Which, think, like, you were just focused on the quality, and yeah. I was just focused on the quantity. And mm-hmm. when you're only focused on the quantity, you're missing out on a lot of nutrients when you're just focused on hitting that macros. Like, I would eat, like, protein prep, protein pancakes for breakfast. It's not, like, a bad choice, but it was, like, it would be that with, like, sugar-free syrup. And then the next meal would be protein oatmeal with, like, sometimes, like, just chocolate chips. The next meal would be just like just plain food just over and over again and everything's just like really controlled and then also the fear of like letting that go just made me think I was just going to endlessly gain weight but in reality like I wasn't setting myself up for habits that would just make sure I was healthy in the long run like you got to make sure like what you're doing now is something you can see yourself doing the rest of your life and what has got me to this point was just realizing like first of all, it's okay to gain weight. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it really is like a mindset change because if I was to look at myself now a few years ago, I would not be happy that I wasn't chiseled and had an eight-pack abs. Like I was like, I would never imagine being happy right now. I realized like happiness like doesn't come from just being at that lean physique and missing like missing out on weddings, birthdays and stuff because I was so controlled on like, on food. So I found Mm -hmm. a way that I could also be confident in my skin, but also support my health and support. Like, I'm not saying I don't care about the way I look because that would just be a lie. But like, I found a way to be found a comfortable way I'm at and being able to enjoy food without tracking. I haven't tracked for over a year now. And um, I realized that your body is not just going to endlessly gain weight. I realized that of course, I gained initial like 15 pounds. I will say that, but it's not like you're, as long as you're listening to hunger cues, you're able to like put some foods off the pedestal, able to yeah. 
realized that I can have the foot flat lattes. Like, honestly, like I realized I choose quality foods most of the time because of the way they make me feel versus only choosing the macro friendly option for the way it would make me look. I'm like, okay, so protein pancakes in the morning with sugar free syrup does not feel good in my stomach. Like, what's something realistically that yeah. would make me feel good? <laughs> and so I think a bit more of that perspective. And I truly listen to my fullness and hunger cues and even try to prevent like excess hunger. I make sure I'm eating mm-hmm. regular snacks. I don't come at it as a way of like, how can I eat the least amount of calories? I come yep. at it as a way of like, how can I nourish myself? How can I know I'm full? And how do I know this is a craving versus just I've let hunger get too out of control? Like, yeah, just constantly adjusting. And it's taking a long time to get where I'm at. And honestly, it makes me, I'm not saying I will compete again, but it makes me scared to like go back to that mindset. But I know I'm that now that I've gotten here, I know I can understand that I will be okay (laughs) again. Well, it's all about kind of balancing that like effort to reward ratio and realizing like if you're sacrificing a lot of your quality of life to achieve a certain like standard of nutrition or to achieve a certain aesthetic or skill weight, that's probably not the most healthful place for you to be. And it's up to you to decide like what Mm -hmm. is worth it to you. Exactly. So some people really do want to have some kind of physique goal and it's like, ask yourself like some questions. Can you see yourself doing this long term? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no, that's probably a red flag. Can you see yourself? Do you just want to reach that goal for short term and not maintain it? Right? Yeah. Can you see yourself doing what it takes to maintain? And is it worth it? Is it worth, you know, saying no to your date nights Mm -hmm. on the weekends, or just being able to freely have a glass or two of wine at night? Is it worth tracking your meals ahead of time? Is it worth like all the planning? And like some people, yes, like some people are planners, some people like numbers, and that's perfectly okay. Not saying you have disordered eating, because some people just like more structure. And not saying you have disordered eating if you just completely just, what am I trying to say? Well, and if you don't track or you don't like, you know, have any type of standard for your nutrition at all. Exactly. That's your prerogative. And that's everybody's individual prerogative. So we're not here to tell you that you should be doing something or you need to be doing something. It should be what is aligned with what you know you truly want and need. So it's just, it comes down to when I was not in the most helpful place, I was sacrificing my quality of life for my nutrition quality. Mm -hmm. And that's, the opposite of what it should be, right? And I was sacrificing my quality of life for the calories, for mm-hmm. what I look like. And in reality, I was, I'm the happiest now when I'm not thinking about those things. Yes. And it took trial and error. It took me going through being so focused on that for me to understand what it's like to not be focused on it. So, yes. Well, and this is a completely, I think, normal progression of these things. I call this like a, the nutritional pendulum where you mm-hmm. kind of have to swing back and forth a couple of times to then be able to settle somewhere in the middle right. that is actually successful for you long term, that actually is sustainable 
And you can know from experience at that point that this is where you want to be. Like, for example, like I've swung from, I'm going to track every morsel of my food and I'm only going to care about what I look like, not care <laughs> about my health. And then I swung on the completely opposite. As soon as I gained the 20 pounds post-show, I was like, who cares if I'm already going to look like this? Why does it matter? And I would legit like skip breakfast, eat Brahms burgers for lunch, for dinner, probably eat another burger and cookie skillet. Yeet, yeet. And yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just like nothing was health focused because it was just like, well, my look's already blown. What else do I have? Might as well enjoy the food I never get to eat. I can just start prep again. But now I've, my middle ground right now is no, I am not tracking, but no, I'm not eating Brahms for every single meal. <laughs> and I'm like actually eating vegetables. I'll wake up, make sure I have some kind of what this is what works for me. Personally, I have structure, I make sure I mm -hmm. personally it works for me. I like eating three meals a day, I like having my breakfast, I like having my lunch, I like having my dinner. And then my snacks are usually just like on the go. Like if I'm starting to feel hunger come along, I make sure I make it priority to have something. And that's what works for me. And then I say yes, I like what's important. My priority right now is spending time with my friends, my family, caring about my health too and being more spontaneous. I, I think that was my goal like this past year or two of not competing is learning how to be spontaneous and also learning how to hold myself accountable to be healthy too and not just knowing like it's not for nothing if I don't look a certain way because there are reasons to eat quality foods other than what you look like. Yeah. Well, and what you just described, like learning how to have spontaneity in your nutrition, learning how to make food choices that produce satisfaction, reducing food anxiety and food guilt, those are all completely valid and really good nutrition goals to have. And it has nothing to do with aesthetics, with scale weight. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you can have nutrition goals that do not revolve around the way you look Exactly. Or how much you weigh. And I would say like me having these goals have been way more rewarding mm -hmm. than me looking on the scale and seeing like the weight go down like me. Like sometimes I'm just like, I'm so happy that I'm just like, I said yes to that. I had no anxiety and I did not feel the need to cut my calories the next day. Like I just got up and went on with the next day. Like I'm honestly like almost in tears right now just thinking about like <laughs> where I came from and where I am now with it. So yeah, just proud. Well, and that is something to be proud of. That is progress that has been made. And I just, it truly, it makes me sad to see nutrition be reduced to just a way to manipulate your weight or your body composition, because it truly can be so much more than that. And it is, and it should be more than that. Yeah, because I mean, when it comes down to it, food is not just fuel. Food is mm -hmm. not just these macros that you look at and say like, this fits my macros. It's food is culture. Food yeah. is how we come together for Thanksgiving and not saying like, you should only be <laughs> worried about the food yeah. on Thanksgiving. Like, you should be like, think, you know, but you shouldn't have anxiety thinking about, oh my gosh, um, um there's going to be rolls. There's going to be rolls. I'm not going to be able to control uh, myself. And yeah. then I'm going to ruin my diet. And then I might as well just not diet until after the holidays. Like you shouldn't be thinking that way. You should be saying, oh, Thanksgiving's coming. I can't wait to enjoy time with my family. Like you're almost not even focused on the food at all. Like, of yeah. course, I'm pumped up for that Thanksgiving dinner, but I'm not going to feel out of control for the first time. My worst mistake I ever did was plan my show and Thanksgiving be two weeks after that. <laughs> 
I literally ate until I was sick versus like this last Thanksgiving. It was crazy. Like I wasn't just staring at the food the whole time being cooked. I was talking to my friends and family. And when it was time, I made my plate. I made what I truly wanted. Now it was just the lowest calorie. I made what I truly wanted, ate till I was full and I was satisfied. And I went, if I wanted some more snacks because it's Thanksgiving, you're going to go back. I did, but I still didn't, I wasn't out of control. I was just eating and eating and eating. And that was new for me. Well, yeah. And that, you know, a lot of times is born from that type of restriction or a restrictive mindset where yeah. sometimes it's even subconscious and you don't even realize mm-hmm. that's what's driving you. But it's that thought in the back of your mind where it's like, but oh, this is Thanksgiving. Now. I can only have exactly. it now. I, I can only have it mm-hmm. now. I'm not going to be able to eat this tomorrow or the next day or next week or next month if I want it. So I got to get it now. And that just backfires. Or you every eat time. your Thanksgiving dinner and you enjoyed something that you planned on it eating because you're restricting it. It's like, I'm not eating any carbs. It thinks um, I'm going to try to stay on my diet. I'm doing keto, no carbs. And then you end up eating those carbs and you feel like an absolute failure. If your diet feels that way, which I want to say like diet to me, is just what you eat. It's not a plan that you're on. So if your diet is causing you anxiety and ever making you feel like a failure, you got to probably should reevaluate that because that's yeah. a red flag. You should be able to not have anxiety. It's just like you go to Thanksgiving, eat your food and mm-hmm. go on the next day. And you also got to realize that's Probably not a realistic method for you if you do feel restriction or guilt ever. Yeah. Okay. I do. Actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of my nutritional pendulum that I'd swung on, but then I do want to kind of go into like signs basically or signals to be aware of that you may need to reevaluate your diet. But so April was kind of talking about her pendulum of like swinging back and forth between if it fit her, her specific macros into like not free caring. for all yeah free for all and so mine's a little different because i remember before i got into like where i started with my nutrition with the paleo diet i was very much only focused on enjoyment in my nutrition and i didn't even view it as nutrition it was just what i was eating you know so it was like what do i want right now and how can i fulfill my craving for that food, what can I eat right now that's going to taste the best and that's going to like make me full and satisfied? That was the only consideration I had at all about what I was eating. So then swing it to the complete opposite end where enjoyment was not ever factored in. It was only ever what is going to be the highest quality that will improve my health the most. So that leaves or it lacks a lot of room for enjoyment and satisfaction all the Mm -hmm. way on that end because I'm only ever viewing food as a way to increase my health and as vitamins and minerals, not ever as anything that could be enjoyed or that I could find satisfaction Mm -hmm. in because that's where I started from and it was scary to think about going back there. Right. It's like, if I allow one slip up, you're going to go right back. Any type of enjoyment, then I'm not going to be able to control myself. I can't stop myself. And honestly, that's kind of a component of like the paleo philosophy, which I think like kind of removes personal responsibility from the individual and puts it on the food because it's talking about like how humans 
our taste buds aren't evolved to be able to like handle the type of palatable foods that we have Mm -hmm. nowadays. So like, of course you eat more than you should because you're addicted to food and, and you can't you stop eating scared of those food and yes more harm than good really exactly and it did cause me to be fearful of being able to enjoy the foods that I was eating because I remember you know what my life was like when I was eating purely for enjoyment for can you give like a hedonism. specific example like pure enjoyment like Oh, yeah. I mean, there would be multiple days where I don't think I would eat a fruit or a vegetable. And it's literally like, okay, what do we want for lunch? Okay, and then we're going to go look at get, the menu. And- yeah. And you just pick whatever like will satisfy you in that moment. So which menus are designed yes. <laughs> to put the most tastiest so, things in certain areas to get like you pasta, pizza, right. anything with a lot of bread, cheese. I mean, all the things that are not thinking the about the long term. Exactly. So, you know, once I switched over into kind of the quote unquote clean eating, it was very much like, oh, what I'm eating is actually affecting my body, the way I feel and the way I look. And, and then the pendulum Yes, and then it's swing <laughs> all the way over. It was like, wow, you know. Never eaten pasta again. <laughs> exactly. So finally, with the addition of just more knowledge and more experience through nutrition, realizing, again, that quality does matter, but quantity matters as well. Foods aren't inherently good or bad. It's all about the context that you're eating them in. And that, you know, some enjoyment should be in your nutrition or else it's truly not sustainable for the long term. So that's kind of what has Or that's kind of how my nutritional philosophy has evolved from that time and kind of pushing me back to a good settling point that's pretty balanced in the middle, which is food can affect your health. It is important to be aware of what's on your plate and focus on food quality the majority of the time. But satisfaction and enjoyment should be prioritized in your nutrition as well or else it's not sustainable. Who can do something that they don't enjoy for a long period of time? Exactly. It's just, it's not realistic. So do you want to go over what are some like telltale signs that you're probably not on the best track to just eating sustainable or like your diet isn't supporting like your mental health and then yeah. also your physical health? Yeah, yeah. Let's go through some signs where it can just be kind of a red flag or a trigger that reevaluating your nutritional approach and your mindset around nutrition might be good for the time being. So let's see. I think one of the biggest red flags probably is that you find yourself commonly anxious about your food and what you're eating or anytime you're going to be in kind of an uncontrolled food environment. If you're experiencing a lot of anxiety thinking about that, Like if you have a girl's trip coming up that weekend and your first thought is, what am I going to eat? Like, oh my God, I have to plan all the restaurants. I have to plan every single meal. I have to bring all of my own snacks. And you're like scared that you're not going to be able to stick to these like mental standards that you have for yourself. But in reality, just a couple days is just a couple days. And again, you can always reevaluate each trip. If you're going on a Mm three-week vacation... (laughs) 
<laughs> like you're probably, yeah, you might want to think a little bit about like, well, how can I just make sure I don't completely, completely give up my lifestyle? Yeah. <laughs> how can I make sure I still eat some fiber? Exactly. So that I can, you know, just go to the bathroom. Regular. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. But like on a weekend, it's just like, okay, so you know, at restaurants, like you can, what do you feel like in that moment? In that moment, are you wanting to, you know, everyone's getting French toast? Are you wanting to partake and like, like have that experience? Are you feeling kind of, I would say like your digestion's already off? Do you think maybe you should eat something that makes you just feel better? And it just, you can make decisions like that on your trips too. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like, everything has to be controlled. Right. Yeah. Another red flag that I think is a pretty big one is are your nutrition decisions determined by a set of rules that you did not create? So are you following a specific diet or a specific, you know, eating regimen that has a bunch of rules like yes, no food lists, you know, eat things with five ingredients on the label or less, Mm -hmm. um, cutting out entire food groups, anything with a set rule structure that you have not been able to personally like vet for yourself that you have not created based on personal experience and individualized needs. That's a red flag that it just might not be doing yourself justice, right? right? It just might be holding you back a little bit from a more balanced and inclusive approach. And going back to, can you see yourself doing this forever? If you Mm -hmm. cannot, if you find yourself consistently falling off or slipping. Yes. Then it's just like, well, why are you on, why are you trying to fit a diet versus like trying to figure out what works for you? Yes. Okay. And that's a great red flag. Yeah. Feeling like you're either on or off. Like it's a switch. When reality is just like you're allowed, and I don't like to call it slip up. I don't like to call it cheat days, but when you have moments where you're just not in your usual routine or environment mm-hmm. and you have a night out like that's just life like it's not like this big old event that's bad it's like no it's just like we're going out to eat I'm going to order what I want and I'm going to enjoy myself and then the very next day it's just another day yeah so first thinking it's like oh no we're going out to eat pizza and this pizza is going to absolutely ruin my diet mm-hmm. which we know every food can fit it's all about the context of your overall diet. And I think viewing your nutrition and your specific individualized nutritional approach as an experiment is a really kind of more beneficial way to look at it because it releases you from the pressure of having to be perfect. And also like finding if you if your identity is your diet, like it's yep. going to be really hard for you to want to change that because you're like, well, I I'm a clean eater. Yeah. I am a flexible dieter. I am this. And it's just like, once you set yourself, like you have the identity associated with it, you're more likely never going to change your view. And it's always going to be that because it's like everyone knows you as the flexible dieter. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows you as paleo. And if they see, if anyone sees you or if you see yourself outside of it, you're no longer that person. So just making sure like your character is not determined by by the diet that you follow. Exactly. Like it has... It doesn't make you a better person because you are on that diet. Yeah. So just realizing that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Okay. I think that that is probably everything we wanted to cover. 
I do want to wrap up the episode by A, just saying thank you so much for the warm welcome for our first episode. Um, <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> we were not expecting, I guess, really just like the acceptance support. and the support. Yeah. And we, I mean, I do want this to feel like y'all are just sitting in here having a chat with us. And in that spirit, like our DMs are always open. If you ever have a question about the show or a topic you want us to cover, hit us up. Let us know. And I guess that we should also mention, if you do want to work with us and be one of our nutrition clients, you can go to April's profile, April underscore Danielle, or you can go to add nutrition on Instagram, right? What y'all's what y'all's at? Add underscore nutrition. Um, okay. I will just preface that I do have a wait list. So I'm going to go ahead and shamelessly plug Hope <laughs> because... So hit me up. Okay. Yes. And yeah, I'm taking clients. Her, and I yeah. can we can start working together immediately. So you can find me at Hopewell underscore health on Instagram, or you can go to my website, which is hopewellhealth.com online and we'll put this in the show notes or we might, cre- we might create a link tree eventually too yeah <laughs> so thank you guys for being here and i hope that this episode was helpful to you so we'll be back bi-weekly bi-monthly <laughs> by oh <laughs> bi-monthly we're leaving this in because <laughs> i give up on editing okay we will see y'all next time bye